The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Ted Price. He's the voice that you've heard for over 100 episodes of the follow-up at the very end of the program, telling you where you can listen to more episodes of the follow-up and everything else going on at Vocal. He's the chief content officer, and I've known Ted for probably over a decade. We used to work together and travel all over the country at all sorts of major sporting events, and we've been in a lot of heated moments not against each other, but stressful situations. And I've never heard Ted curse. <laughs> and I've wanted to know, and I've wanted to know why. Ted, how come it never slips out? Wow. Uh, good question. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, and I'm sitting here trying to think about it. Uh, some of it is obviously having kids. You try to watch yourself a little bit more. Uh-huh. I'm sure that it's happened, and I can't think of... Does it happen so often that I don't, I can't remember the last time because it's such a frequent occurrence? (laughs) No, no, no. Or does it just not happen enough that I don't remember? I can tell you this, the last time it has happened, it probably happened while in, while driving, while in traffic of some kind. I can, I can probably tell you that just at other drivers and knowing that for many people out on the roads, driving is about the fourth or fifth thing they're thinking about, not necessarily Mm -hmm. the first. That's really frustrating to me. So. Yeah, I I don't I've I've never heard you curse and I and I think like the worst thing I've ever heard you say is jeepers. <laughs> and uh and and there are times that I that I would think to myself, really, how is how is he how is he only how is he only saying that? Do you and you, and you always seem to be, you know, pretty calm in in stressful situations. Where does that come from? I try to be, you know, there's a lot of things that I can point to for that. Some of it is the experience of, of working in television for so long and being around producers, executive producers, what have you, that do fly off the handle and realizing that that doesn't help. In fact, more often than not, it makes the, the situation worse because if you're looking to somebody who's supposedly has to have their act together and is holding everything together and they're coming unglued, well, then what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, how am I supposed to react? How am I supposed to do my job if my so-called boss can't seem to, you know, hold it together? So learning through those experiences, and believe me, I've, I had many an experience, in fact, one of which pretty famously, at least in Abilene, Texas, which, which is my first television job where I was a weekend anchor, I flew off the handle during a commercial break and they captured it on camera and showed it at the Christmas party that year. Um, We were on the air for like 12 straight hours and it was about 11, you know, it was one of those severe weather events that you're constantly on the air. And uh, yeah, it was about about an hour 11 and everything was going wrong and I just, I lost it. So we've got to a commercial break. I mean, I threw scripts all over the studio and I stood up and I started screaming and yelling, why are we even here? You know, and I mean, the whole crew just went, oh my goodness, what is, what is going on? And yeah, I just, I had to excuse myself, go into the bathroom, collect myself, come back and finish the show. What was it like watching that back? Embarrassing. I mean, completely embarrassing. I mean, you... And, and more so now, I, it's funny. I, I mean, I have my moments. I mean, you know, as a father, there are moments children are challenging and you have your moments that are you're not necessarily proud of. 
it's funny, just this weekend, we were looking at some old home videos of my kids. My kids are now 12 and 10. They're about to be 13 and 11 uh, next month. You know, this is back when they were born and one, two years old. And the whole time I'm sitting there watching going, man, I, I hope we didn't capture on camera any of my <laughs> less proud moments, you know, and you, you do your best to keep it together because I, I think especially, Noah, you can appreciate this. Being the father of a daughter, you want to show them how a, a, a man reacts mm -hmm. to things and you want to show them what respect looks like and 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 respect or maybe not even respect but what leadership is supposed to look like you know my wife and i always talk about we're a partnership no one runs this home it's 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 a partnership but, but you want to show them what that looks like and it's not about you know my kids know when when i'm angry because i do show it and i'm not afraid to show it but at the same time i don't want to fly off the handle over everything because then that becomes the image that they have of oh well that's a normal male thing and that's not that's not who i want them to gravitate towards was it like that when you were growing up um both my parents were very good at letting you know when they were less than pleased with me well uh, sure but I, but i think all parents should be should you know have that in them of letting you know when they're less than pleased yeah but but, but yeah but you have but you have to know i think you have to know when to use that voice and yes. when not to that is true. And, and growing up in this, I grew up in South Louisiana. I grew up in the deep, deep South. And there is the public persona. And then there's the persona behind closed doors. My mom knew how to play that game to a T. Mm -hmm. And who she was out in public and who she was in society and everything was very different than who she was as a mom. And not that that was good or bad or anything. It was just different. And you knew kind of where you stood. And I I incurred that wrath more often than not. My younger sister tells me all the time that she never got in trouble because she all, all she had to do was look at what I went through and hmm. say, I don't want a part of that. I'm going to I'm gonna fly the straight and narrow. I do not want any part of that. And I try to be the same way with my kids in terms of, you know, again, knowing, knowing when to use that voice or knowing when to make that face or, you know, kind of raise the eyebrows and, then they understand, okay, this is this is serious. You know, goofy dad is gone. Serious dad is here. We need to sit down and listen. When did you realize that about your mom? Do you remember an age or an instance? I don't think there was a specific instance. Again, when it's something that you grow up around, I mean, it's like me asking you, when did you realize, I don't know, something unique about being in a Jewish family? I don't know. It's just, That's just who you were around. Maybe, maybe when I brought gefilte fish to lunch in, uh, in elementary school and all the other kids are like, uh... <laughs> what smells wow I had like, the, i'm like oh well it's passover oh, i had the exact opposite reaction my kids went to a, a a jewish school for preschool and one day i sent them to lunch with shrimp and oh, I, yeah, well, I, I, I had that. i got a i had i had to go into the person who ran the school and sit down in her office and she had to explain to me that why that yeah, was not cool. understandable yeah yeah uh no so there wasn't really a necessarily a i do remember like a lot of my friends were like oh we love your mom and we love your your your, your house is so much fun to to come over to and it's so relaxing we love going you know my house was the place where in high school everybody would, would congregate and hang out and my parents loved that because they always knew where i was uh, but I do remember at the time in high school thinking, you guys have no idea. This is this is not an easy place to be. I mean, but I think a lot of that too was, in fact, it's funny we're talking about this. I had just had this conversation with my 12-year-old today. It was about the expectations. You know, my parents expected a lot out of us. And when we weren't living up to that, 
then there was a lot of disappointment and a lot of discussion and a lot of like, look, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities being afforded to you that a lot of other people don't have. Sure. And if you're not living up to that, then then we need to we need to have a serious serious talk because you know we're trying to hand you the world on this platter um you you need to be taking it and be responsible for it and it was a when you when you're growing up it was, that, so that's southern louisiana was it small town louisiana oh yeah yeah very small uh so, so, so were your thoughts of i want to get out to the big city and, and was the big city new orleans Every day. I mean, I mean, it's 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 every cliche small town growing up. All the high, uh, all the angst of high school. Like I'm gonna get yeah. out of this town and I'm gonna make something of myself and blah blah blah. And you know, Footloose, the movie, really spoke to us. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that was the big city. Uh, yeah, New Orleans, Houston. You know that 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 kind of that that I ten corridor. Uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans has its own set of attractiveness to, to, to a kid, especially at the time that I was growing up you know, the drinking age was 18. So, you know, it was, it was a different, uh, it was a different era, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody wanted to get out of, out of town. It's funny. I had my 30th high school reunion just a couple of months ago and, oh. um, yeah, yeah. I'm an old man. No, I'm an old <laughs> man. Uh, That's not what I was thinking. I was just thinking it was kind of exciting. You're yeah. the one who said that. Not yeah. Me. Well, and it, but it's funny because there were so many people there who had not left and my wife, uh, was was noticing like the difference between yes. those who did leave and those who didn't, and it wasn't a good or bad thing. It was just there was just a way you could kind of sense like, okay, this person, you know, wanted to stay in their in their small town, their community, and kind of do things that way. And then there were others who said, no, I I want to do something different and do it a, a different way. And you could kind of see that interaction happening in real time. It was it was really interesting. When she pointed it out to me, I could see it instantly, and it was it was kind of fun to watch. Was there ever a moment once you had left home and and even I mean even moved on from from Abilene since it's not that big of a town where the where the big city overwhelmed you? Uh, no, because I'd never had that experience. I think you know I went to Austin for college, and, it, and right. even then Austin was relatively small, only half a million at that time. Austin wasn't Austin yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was be- on its way to becoming, but it, well, it was, still wasn't there. And then after Abilene, I went to Monterey, which again was a small town. So it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco that I had the big city. And then I was 30 at that point. And so, okay. yeah. So at that point it was like, you had it was, some experiences. yeah. So I wasn't overwhelmed or, or, you know, I wasn't that proverbial kid who got to college and flunked out after one semester because they couldn't handle the freedom. Uh, it was, you know, you were somewhat prepared for it and it was, it was neat. It's funny though, because as I'm getting older, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to something a a little simpler. I keep telling my wife that once the kids are out of school, I want to have a house on some land away from people and traffic and things, and just kind of live a simpler life than what we do now. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm ready to move to the country and open up a cheese shop. Yeah, yeah doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I can make a living doing that. Yeah. It, it, I, a buddy of mine, and I'm kidding, I'm not kidding you, a buddy of mine from San Francisco quit his job. He was a weatherman. He quit his job, moved to Northern California, and he delivers bottled water. And he, he lives on 20 acres in a big home with he and his family, and that's what he does. And I'm like, well, how, how does he afford that? I don't, I don't know. 
He's in Northern California. Maybe there are other ways to supplement his income. I don't yeah, know. I mean, there's got there's got to be something more than that. I don't know. I don't ask too there's many gotta questions. There's got to be something more than that. <laughs> all right, so all right, so let's close with this. Did you ever, when we were traveling at all the major sporting events, and I'm messing up on camera, did we ever were you ever cursing me under your breath? No, at you, least no, no. And I'll tell you why. Noah, because you really you asked me before, how do you get to that point, or how do you not? you know, how do you keep that centeredness? Yeah. Uh, look, you and I and, and, and Matt and some of the others uh, that we worked with doing those events, you could not be more blessed than that moment to be at a Super Bowl or an all-star game or a championship yeah. game or anything like that. I mean, we were doing things that there were thousands of people would kill their mother to get to do. Mm. And we were there doing it. And so, yeah, it was two o'clock in the morning and we had a 6 a.m. <laughs> flight. And we're trying to get the last package edited and and uploaded on a really bad bandwidth, you know, in a media tent <laughs> with bad food. And, you know, the, 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 the true story is, is that you go to all these events and you never get to see anything. Yeah. But right. I mean, you have to take that step back and go, man, we are so blessed. We are so fortunate to be in this situation that we get to be at a place that so many people would love to be even just have a glimpse of what we have mm -hmm. that what's the point of getting frustrated over a piece of video that seems a little silly i mean I'm, yeah I'm, I'm i'm there with you you know so why get why get too frustrated with it plus if you're getting i also knew that if if we did not get along if, if, if myself as a freelancer at the time you know if we weren't getting along then you're going to go back and say look we're never working with this guy again so I never really thought about it that. Yeah. Way. So why why would I want to be that guy that, that that no one wanted to work with, and then my phone isn't ringing anymore? So I need to be as amiable as possible, uh, work hard, uh, do good work, and and be as nice and friendly and 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 on it as possible, so that that the next Super Bowl that rolls around, boom, my phone's ringing, and we're we're off to Atlanta or Indianapolis or we're Phoenix or wherever else we went. Mm -hmm. All right, Ted, I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. Hey, this has been fun. We should do it. I, I was joking earlier that you must really be scraping the bottom of your Rolodex if you're talking to me, but uh, this is fun. Thanks so much. So you'll hear Ted's voice again in a moment when the podcast closes. Maybe he'll curse. Doubtful. I was serious about Jeepers, too. And Ted was right about all of our experiences covering major events being so special. The shame of it is that in those moments, you never really get to have deep conversations with one another. There were plenty of catching up on our families, etc. But now that we're out of that world for the time being, we'll see where those conversations take us. Thanks for sticking with the show during the hiatus. A lot going on, pursuing some other jobs, some dream jobs. It's been a lot on my mind, so do me a favor and keep your fingers crossed for a while. The follow-up episodes are mostly evergreen, so there's no real timestamp on them, meaning you can go back and listen to them at any time and not feel like they're outdated. So please go back and check them out. Then make sure to hit subscribe, click the five-star rating, leave a short review, and share with your friends and family. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. <laughs>